We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Get the Charge podcast, coming to you live on a Sunday afternoon uh, for a quick Q&A today. I uh, wanted to just be able to kind of, you know, refresh and, and get some of your guys' questions and, and be able to just have a, a good conversation tonight. So uh, joining me for that, as always, is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing today? Doing pretty well. I just need to kind of recover from the emotional roller coaster that was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, <laughs> a lot of highs, a lot of lows. And sure to scare many children. So I'm doing all right, though. How are you? Yeah, uh, Brooke and I went and watched that last night as well. Um, you know, I, I think the Spider-Man No Way Home is still my favorite post-Endgame Marvel movie. But uh, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is right up there with that one. Um, the I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously. But um, that hallway scene at the end, man, was was definitely one of the better action sequences that marvel has put out in quite some time uh, i'll have to go back and watch it a second time because for me like the the elevator scene in winter soldier is like is like the top action scene that marvel has done um obviously the russo brothers are are fantastic at that um but this this hallway scene that they have in guardians of the galaxy 3 is is truly top notch yeah, it was really good, and it was also just a great showcase of what everyone could do. And I, that was the moment I was watching the movie and going, I don't know if they should make another one without James Gunn. Or, I mean, he said recently, like, if they make another one, 
no one should try to copy this style. Like, make it your own thing. Don't try to be yeah. James Gunn. And I kind of get that. Or just don't make another one. And I would get that, too, because there's so much... I mean, I won't spoil anything, but, like, excitement and, and liveliness and just the style to it. And, I, I, well, again, I won't spoil anything, but there's something funny they do with, like, an electric thing that, like, it's just funny. And it's it's a style that you love to watch that only he can really do. So, yeah, yeah good movie overall. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's a good blend because I think a lot of... Uh you know, Marvel movies can get kind of stale from time to time, but you know, it's uh James Gunn and popping in Russo brothers popping in every once in a while, make sure you uh, keeps you on your toes. So uh, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the movie and you're a Marvel fan, what are you doing? You should definitely go check that out, but um, it's a, it's a good watch for sure. Um, okay. So we're uh, about, we're going to have about an hour of, of time today for you guys to ask some questions. Um, anything you guys want to talk about, whether that's uh, Marvel food, golf uh whatever you guys want to ask us about uh we're here to answer so um we'll take about an hour of questions as always if you uh prefer a or if you don't mind doing a super chat we would greatly appreciate that as well so um we'll get to a a few questions here um in a minute just some housekeeping business as well um if you missed my interviews with the washington state and usc 247 sports writers about Dayon Henley and Tuli Tuipulotu, please go check those out. There's a lot of uh, great background information on those two players and things to get excited about in terms of their uh, potential in the NFL. And then obviously this uh, upcoming Tuesday, we will be dropping, well, not we, uh, (laughs) jointly with the Chargers, we'll be dropping uh, our interview with Tom Telesco on Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. So very excited to see what you guys uh, have to say about that particular interview. Um, Tyler and I had a great, uh, time with Tom. He gave us a lot of great Intel information, uh, and, and just a really unique peek behind the curtain to the way that the chargers do things from a draft perspective. So, uh, that'll be out on Tuesday and, uh, hopefully you guys check that out. Yeah, please check it out. We're we're so close to one of our videos on there getting to 10,000 views. Um, I think both of them are like just barely almost there. Yeah. Not that that's what it's all about, but sometimes you just want to cross that threshold to say you've done it. And um, yeah, please check out the interview. I know it's not going to be for everyone. There's already a section of the internet that's like, did you ask him why he wasn't (laughs) fired in 2016? Like, guys, what do you think I'm going to do with the GM? You know, we thought we'd have him on for 10 minutes, honestly. You know, you never really know how much they're going to say, um, how much he's going to offer. Again, I expected 10 minutes and like a max of three questions from each of us. And we ended up going for 20 minutes. Um, and so he was really, really gracious with his time, really, really generous with um, his knowledge. And I, I know a lot of Chargers fans are frustrated with him. And I, and I understand that I, I started being a season ticket holder when he started being the GM back in 2013. So I, I, I get the frustrations. I've been to the games, but I'll be honest, he, he's really, really likable and he's very, very smart. And like, obviously he's very smart. Again, Chargers fans can get very frustrated with him. But at the end of the day, this is a good guy. This is a very smart guy. And I did really enjoy talking to him and hearing what he had to say. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of questions in there that, um, you know, we were really excited about, you know, getting his his takes on just how maybe things have changed for him over time and, and how, you know, specific they can be with certain things. You know, I, I think you also get a, a really cool peek into his relationship uh, with Brandon Staley and, and how the two of them are really working together and collaborating on these kind of decisions when it comes to the draft and stuff like that. So. 
um you know it's it's gonna be a, a a good interview hopefully you guys tune in for it because there's genuinely a lot of uh great insight there yeah one thing i do want to add and victor's asking this because i've been asked this like can you not criticize the gm because of where you're at and all that sort of stuff um no there's no there's no yes we can there's no barrier or anything barring us from criticizing anybody to me what the interview really came down to was what is the point of me doing like run this through your head you're going to interview tom telesco and you're going to ask a question okay why haven't you won game in 10 years oh well this isn't that okay um why haven't you done this with the whatever okay this isn't that and basically you've wasted the first five minutes of what you think is a 10 minute interview so in our channel and on theirs as well the gm is not above criticism nobody is we are allowed to express our opinions like usual um tip, just in general the last year you can even see this with like our draft coverage at least with me um i don't go out and like criticize the draft prospects anymore and those are guys in college have nothing to do with the chargers i'm trying to find out what the good things they are and what they can yeah. do and that sort of thing so we've kind of shifted up or at least i have my, i think i think steven has as well like our perspective and how we criticize these guys you know because uh, go uh, go back and watch how i felt about chris rump like it wasn't pretty it wasn't nice and there's nothing good about that you know and i think guys like justin herbert guys like trip pipkins have taught us so much um so i think the overall the way we are approaching the chargers in general has changed a bit and draft picks as well uh, but no he's not above criticism but at the same time i wasn't going to ask him questions that were going to waste his time that he's already been asked 10 times before i wanted to know about very different things and you're going to hear i think different questions yeah. and i think there's there's a point in the conversation where i asked him about a certain player and a name that he probably didn't expect to be asked about and you can see the moment where he's like okay like i didn't expect like he didn't say this but you could tell there was a pause and he mentions it and i just thought that was really cool so didn't waste our time didn't waste his time did we sit there and criticize him no but i think reporters and beat writers have already done that so far yeah i think um everything we do across the channel i mean we're we do our best to be uh subjective or objective here i guess i can't i don't really know the difference sometimes but um you know we're not here to spread hate we're not here to you know just constantly shit on people and like this was a freaking awesome opportunity for us like why would we not try and maximize that opportunity that window of time uh to be able to you know interview tom telesco and get some great insight for him so Tyler and I, after we heard that we were going to be able to interview him, we, we shared a Google Doc with each other and we listed off like probably 15, 20 questions of stuff that we wanted to make sure we can ask and it just not be the same kind of things over and over again. So we didn't want to ask him about Justin Herbert's contract extension. We didn't want to ask him about the, you know, Austin Eckler trade report or the lack mm -hmm. of playoff success. Like we were really trying to get, like Tyler said, like new information out there and really kind of provide that peek behind the curtain for from his perspective of how the way the Chargers operate. So, um, you know, there will be times on this channel and on the Chargers channel that we will be, you know, critical of the way that the Chargers do things. Um, you know, that's part of the way, part of the reason why the Chargers are, are collaborating with us and, and agreed to this partnership is because we can be honest and fair without taking it to that next step. Like we're not going to come on here and, and, and just, you know, take a dump all over Tom Telesco's character. Like that's, that's just not a fair thing to, to ask uh, of us. So, you know, there's going to be some times where we are going to be critical of him for sure. We were very critical of the way that they handled the wide receiver death chart last year. I mean, we were critical of the way that the playoff game ended 
and the Chargers still wanted to work with us. There's because there's that line there of, of being fair, being objective, and you know, just being somebody who wants to, you know, drive a, a rhetoric that's you know a more hateful tone than, than being objective. Yeah. And there's also a time and place. Like we just wrapped up the draft, and I thought it was a good draft. So I asked yeah. him about how they drafted. And so it's like if we get to if this were you know, middle of the season and they were on a losing streak, I think the questions could be very different. Um, and the way we would just talk about the situation in general would be very different. But uh, we we got to interview him five days after the draft in a draft that I thought was really good after after watching mm-hmm. it. So that's what I'm going to ask him about. How did you evaluate tackle the guard converts and stuff like that? Like, yeah, that was more important to me at this particular time too. asking about the playoff loss from January or right injuries from 2015 like i don't know what i'm supposed to do about that and he's not going to care about those so anyway point is I, I think you guys are going to enjoy it but i know that 10 percent of the internet's going to hate it no matter what <laughs> yeah absolutely um you know there's just no point in like they've already addressed the the jacksonville loss several times like there was just there's no point in, in rehashing that so um I, again you know time and place absolutely there's there's there uh it, are certain times where we'll be able to be critical of of him and the chargers and, and brandon staley but um you know like tyler said it was all focused on the draft um for the most part and just kind of getting that peek behind the curtain so uh hopefully you guys enjoyed that one um all right so we'll, we'll jump into some other questions here uh obviously the schedule release is happening on thursday I can't wait to see what the social media team has, uh, you know, cracked up for the release this week. Um, ben Jones wants to know, Tyler, what would our preferred week one game be? Mm. Uh, consider we have won four week one games in a row. Is that true? Um, okay, so Washington last year was previous year. Last year was Raiders. Last year was, year was Washington. The year before that was Cincinnati. Yes, with, with Tyrod. Tyrod. Okay, what was 20? No. no, wait. 2022, 2021. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor. Okay, yeah. So 2019 would have been... Was that, Ian, was that the overtime Colts game? Oh, I think it was. All right, right. so Where... shout out to Ben Jones, man. I I, uh, I have a hard time keeping stuff like that in my brain. So anyways, uh, Tyler, what's your uh, week one preferred matchup this week or this year? Uh, you might have to clarify, or he might have to clarify what they means home or away. But if I just had to just pick, I got one of the players or the, me, the, the teams that they're facing. Um, I'd love Green Bay early. Um, that's an away game. So if, yeah. I, if I can go to Green Bay early on, that sounds really great. In terms of matchups, I, I mean, I would love to play the Chiefs like right away. Um, do they play the Jaguars? No, they don't. No. Um, Maybe the Lions before they get Jamison Williams back. Like I'm trying to find ways that you know help out the Chargers. They play the Bills at home, so I'm not worried about that part as much. Um, so yeah, oh, weather I, I perspective. Think, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Packers early because of the weather. Uh, Lions before they get Jamison back and really figure out. I think their sort of identity with uh, 12th overall pick Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> and I don't know. Can I just not play the Patriots? Can we just not do that this year? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a sound logic. I mean, any of the uh, East Coast games, so Patriots, Jets, Packers, uh, you know, those are good ones to get out of the way early. Um, mm-hmm. Just from a sheer entertainment perspective, um, I would love to see the Ravens be the opener, you know, get mm-hmm. Herbert and Lamar. I think that would be, yeah, you know, that would be an awesome, awesome, just like entertainment value matchup. Um, you know, from a strategic standpoint, you mentioned a few of those other ones. 
Um, you know, starting off with maybe an easier team would be cool. So maybe like the Bears or the Titans, like, you know, hmm. get into a rhythm early. But, you know, I assume that there's going to be a divisional game early on in the charter schedule. I mean, last year it was uh, Raiders and Chiefs like back to back. So, yeah, um, you know, maybe that's something. Cowboys at home again this Cowboys. year. That's a that's a sneaky primetime game, in my opinion. Like not a lot of people I, I sent out the tweet yesterday. Not a lot of people said the Cowboys. But I mean, obviously it's the Cowboys, right? But also there's like the Kellen Moore intrigue and, you know, there's a lot of like entertainment value there. So I think the Cowboys at home would be fun. So yeah, those are a couple ones. Do the Cowboys always host the Thanksgiving game or does it kind of flip flop? Yeah, Cowboys always host Thanksgiving. Okay, so they play the Cowboys at home. So it wouldn't be that. I, I'd love to see the Chargers play the Cowboys at Thanksgiving because that, that goes well. Yeah, that was fun. The last time was fun. Mm uh next one here brandon arias uh you guys think qj could win offensive rookie of the year um so we talked a little bit about just kind of like his role with the team uh on our chargers episode on tuesday um i think first of all him winning offensive rookie of the year probably requires an injury (laughs) in front of him my first thought too Mm -hmm. um you know if everybody on the Chargers stays healthy the answer here is no but Mm -hmm. you know if an injury happens early to one of the receivers then then yeah there's a chance yeah i I don't i agree with steven if there's an injury there's a chance uh and so i guess what i'm saying is i hope he doesn't win um but i hope again the way we talked about it was he's going to improve the chargers overall efficiency red zone third down whatever but he's not going to contribute 1500 yards this year and again i hope he doesn't because i mean somebody else got hurt unless for some reason we're going to get a you know three receivers over a thousand yards and he leads them or something so um, I think he's going to be flashy. I think people are going to love watching him. And he'll certainly be... I'm, I'm curious where he is at, actually, in terms of front runners for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'm sure it's the quarterback, Spijan. Are there maybe Zay already? or something. I'm sure there is. So I think he's going to put up good numbers. I think there's going to be, let's say, five games where he's a wide receiver, two in this offense. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I don't think he should be considered in front of... I guess it depends. Like I like Herbert's throwing more than Lamar Jackson, but Zay has less in his way. Um, so I don't know. If you traded Austin Eckler, and one of the tight or the receivers gets hurt, then maybe. But again, he's he's maybe not even third on the depth chart in terms of um, you know targets thrown his way, and he he might even be fifth depending on how they feel about Gerald Everett. So yeah, um, you know we'll see. It's it's just not it's not this year, right? So there's there's uh, decent odds for Quentin actually, but I mean there's there's three quarterbacks that are going to be starting games this year. I mean obviously there's Bijan, um, there's Jameer Gibbs, who both of those guys are going to get a lot of touches. So Bijan is is the current favorite right now at plus three hundred. So he's not like a runaway favorite, but he is the favorite. Bryce Young is second. Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, and Jackson Smith and Jigba round out the top five. And then it's Gibbs, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, and then Quentin Johnston is is next after that. So he's in the top seven, um, you know, but he's not he's not considered like a favorite by any means. I think, you know, like we're talking about, I think it's an efficiency thing. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's an explosiveness thing. But from a sheer like statistical standpoint, like if everybody on the Chargers stays relatively healthy, best case scenario for Quentin is probably like maybe over 700 yards and like six touchdowns ish. You know, and again, lots of efficiency, lots of explosive plays. But, you know, just from the sheer vo- volume, like he's he would have to get like 
90 catches to be able to like really push Bijan and the quarterbacks and and make it like a legit case for him. Do you guys remember when Eddie Lacy won offensive rookie of the year over Keenan Allen? Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) Oh my gosh, man. Eddie Lacy. I, uh, I traded for him on my fantasy team on a keeper league after that. Um, I think I traded like Mike Evans for him and cause I like was desperate for a running back mm-hmm. and there was some other like players involved too, but uh, I got one good season out of Eddie Lacey and then he got fat and is got out of the league like ASAP. So that was fun. Yeah. That was a whole thing. <laughs> um, any chance. Okay. Then that Darius Davis is a pro bowl returner for the Chargers this year. Ooh, now that's a good question there. Um, I'm trying to think. Last year was Devin Duvernay. And Turpin for the Cowboys. Turpin, well, NFC, but um, I would say, yeah. I mean, if he gets a couple touchdowns, like definitely, you know, um, he's going to provide some explosiveness and a lot of excitement for them. But Mm -hmm. that's an interesting question. I wonder uh, what the odds would be for that one. Yeah, he's he's certainly one of the more well-known returners off the bat, which I think does help. That right name recognition definitely helps. So maybe. Yeah. A um, couple of questions from MSN Shades. Uh, how long do you think it'll take Quentin uh, is solidly wide receiver three in the lineup? Uh, Athir also asking a, mm. a similar question. Um, is, is QJ will take wide receiver three from Palmer? I believe he should, but your thoughts, please. So... We t- again, we talked a little bit about this on uh, our Tuesday show with the draft superlatives. Um, we both are on the same page that it's not going to be handed to him, but mm-hmm. at the absolute latest, like week one, he's definitely the wide receiver three. Yeah, I'm curious what it was like. I have to go back and remember what it was like for Mike Williams because they had Keenan, they had Tyrell, they had Antonio Gates, they had Hunter Henry from the year before. Mm-hmm. Not that he was a receiver, but you know, um, and, and Mike Williams finished with what 95 receiving yards, but that, I think that was more of like a, an injury yeah, struggle sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's tough because again, I don't think I recall a moment where a first rounder has been in line to replace a player that I think was so good for the team. Mm-hmm. Like Josh Palmer is, is going to be wide receiver four and he had almost 800 right. yards last year. Like that's, that's not really what the charges have had before. It's always just like a blank spot to insert that first rounder instead it's like he actually yeah. has a person who can legitimately hang in the nfl and put up numbers so it, it probably won't be week one although they did push it, it's tough to judge because josh palmer was wide receiver three immediately last year there was no competition there was no jalen guyton switching in and out it was just josh palmer wide receiver three yep so on the one hand it's like quentin johnston could do the same thing where it's like we're gonna put our guy in we draft him at 21 here we go at the same time, Josh Palmer was wide receiver three unopposed last year. So I don't think that they think that Josh Palmer is wide receiver three long term, or at least in the long term of a short term of a year. But at the same time, they do really like him. So I, I think it's going to be a week, two weeks, maybe till he puts on pads. I don't know. Um, I forget how long it took for Asante Siamu Jr. to be wide receiver, or excuse me, corner two. But it was like a week and a half of, of panic among Chargers social media. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, nothing ever happened. They cut face on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, with uh, Asante, it was it was maybe a week and a half, two weeks. Um, 
you know, it, it, it is going to be interesting. Like we expect Josh Palmer to, you know, put up a good fight. Like Josh Palmer is not going to go away. Like he's not just going to sit back and, and be like, oh yeah, Quentin, take my spot. Um, but just like from a balance standpoint, like it makes too much sense to have Quentin out there, you know, it just gives him something different at that, at that backside Z spot. Um, but Josh Palmer is going to play, man. Like they really, really like Josh Palmer. And, you know, I know there's a certain, uh, part of the fan base that is very low on Josh Palmer for whatever reason, but if you go back and look at some of the advanced numbers from him, you know, ESPN does an open score and a catch score. And Josh Palmer's open score is really, really good, man. It was like 75th percentile, and it was higher than Keenan Allen. So I'm not saying Josh Palmer is better than Keenan Allen. Definitely <laughs> not. Um, but Josh Palmer's a good player, man. And he's not just going to let Quentin come in here and and uh, hand him the position. So Josh Palmer is going to put up a fight, and he's going to play a lot. So mm-hmm. uh, that should be exciting for Charger fans because last year it was like, for whatever reason, only three receivers were playing each single week, whether that was – the main trio, whether that was with DeAndre Carter in there, whether it was with Michael Bandy in there, mm-hmm. there was like no rotation whatsoever. And so this year, the Chargers should be able to rotate uh, five at at least at least four minimum, and we'll see about the fifth. But um, you know, Palmer's going to play, and he's going to carve out a role for himself too. I'm curious what they're going to do in terms of the reps for the veterans because Mike Williams is banged up. He finished season banged up, like a, a pretty rough injury. Keenan Allen struggled the whole season, even though he was fine during the the preseason and offseason. So I, I'm really curious if we can't even tell really until we get to, you know, week one of the actual season, because, you know, for the most part, it could be Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnston, and let's say Jalen Guyton out there as your three wide receivers. And they could do that a lot more this year to try to get in some work with those guys and see what they have. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. All right. Uh, we got Izzy Mercado asking about Ezekiel Elliott. He wants to do a two year deal with one year ripcord. Uh, they normally carry four running backs anyway. So there hasn't been a ton of buzz between the Chargers and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people may be looking at the running back position as as a spot that could use some upgrading for the Chargers. Um, what do you what would you make of Ezekiel Elliott uh being the RB2 with the Chargers? <sighs> I have yet to see a metric that indicates, or at least at least from Arjun, that indicates that this would be a good idea because of the kind of downswing of his career at this current moment yeah at the same time you look at the depth chart and go uh, how do you feel about any of these guys either you know what do these guys look like in full action we don't even know other than austin eckler and eckler could still be traded so I, i guess i'm fine with it in the end it's kind of a wash at that point like i would understand why you'd add a running back who knows your system who is at least more known and certainly more proven, even though that was a while ago, than someone like Kelly, than someone like Roundtree, than someone like Spiller. I think they'll do what they did last year. I think they're going to go into camp and look at Isaiah Spiller and look at Joshua Kelly, and then also know for certain that Austin Eckler's not gone by that point. I think they're going to look at the guys that they have and go, okay, has Spiller developed into a guy that we can trust? Yes, we're not getting Ezekiel Elliott. Like, we invested too much in him. Let's go. Same with Kelly and obviously Eckler. If they look at him and go, this isn't working. Yeah, then I could see them go into someone like Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll want to see, you know, what exactly they have, and specifically in Spiller, like they, they were not in any rush to develop him by any means. But if he had really shown, you know, the the true capabilities of being that RB three, mm-hmm. then Sony Michelle is that signing never happens. You know, right. That's that's just the bottom line there. If they feel comfortable with him 
if they feel comfortable with Joshua Kelly, then they'll move forward with those two guys behind Austin mm-hmm. Eckler. But um, that's that's kind of the pattern for me is that you know Brandon Staley and the staff like they they want to give these guys chances. Um, maybe that same kind of thing applies to JT Woods. I don't know. I feel like running back is much easier to find down the road. Yeah. Um, but you know they're going to give these guys some chances, and I think that. You know, uh, we're going to talk on our Chargers episode on Tuesday about the second year players and, and specifically those two. But, um, you know, they're not going to rush anything on running back like this. This regime has not shown that they place a ton of urgency on like going and spending premium resources. Not to say that Ezekiel would cost, you know, premium resources. But I, at this point, I would just rather, you know, feed into Joshua Kelly than than run it back with Zeke. I think I think at this point, Joshua Kelly is is probably the same kind of level that you'd get out of Ezekiel Elliott at this point in his career. Yeah. And then does Ezekiel Elliott play? Well, I guess he'd be RB two, but like, does he play special teams? Like, did he ever do that for the Cowboys? No, that would be, that would still be Kelly. Like Kelly would be your special team back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. No, Chris, we're not bringing Melvin Gordon back. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, all right. So I'm not like at the bottom here. So if you feel, if there's a, a question near the bottom that you like, uh, you can definitely bring one up, but um, so Rodrigo. Oh, oh, sorry, that's okay. Uh, super chat from uh, Mama Shun. She says, "Which draft pick have you warmed up to the most? Originally less impressed, but after further review, you're on board." I feel like we both might say Quentin Johnson here. Yeah, I did. I didn't watch Tuli Tua below too, so I couldn't tell you how I felt at the time. Um, but I think it is Quentin Johnson. And at some point, you know, however we feel looking at what Arjun brought up, because I asked him, like, hey, what does it look like in terms of, you know, yards after the catch per reception, missed tackles, force rate, that sort of thing. What does all this look like? And when Arjun points, it paints a picture where it's like, geez, these numbers are a lot better than I thought. <laughs> yeah. um, it just started to make more sense. Um, so I would say Quentin Johnson overall. The other players, I just either didn't watch or I have felt the same. But yeah, Quentin Johnson, I think. I would also know my mom's a big fan. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, that has to be the pick. I mean, I didn't watch uh, Scott Matlock. I didn't watch right. um, Jordan McFadden before the draft. So um, those ones I warmed up to in the sense that, like, I watched the film and I and I could see the vision and I, and I like those players. But um, you know, I liked Thule good enough. I liked Deion Henley good enough. I liked Darius mm-hmm. Davis obviously as a returner well enough. And so uh, Quentin was was definitely the the answer here for me as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, Rodrigo asking with the schedule release on Thursday, lots of schedule questions today. Um, how many primetime games do you think the Chargers will get? He thinks four or five, and he would personally love them being the Jets, Bills, Ravens, Chiefs on primetime. The Jets is an interesting one. Um, oh, because that's Aaron Rodgers, huh? Yeah. Um, they'll do the Chiefs for sure. It'll probably be the Raiders because I feel like that's also every year. Like Chiefs and Raiders feels like a lock. Um. Bills, maybe. There's, there's so many games. And the, honestly, the NFL benefits when the Chargers are on primetime. Whether it's good or it's bad, it's always a really good game. So I think the Chargers, or excuse me, the NFL is going to put four games out there. Um, yeah, so Chiefs Raiders is pretty much a lock. I can see Bills because of the quarterback versus quarterback. The Jets mm-hmm. win is interesting. I just don't know if anybody cares. Like, I'd love to see that. I don't know who's really watching that one for like oh chargers versus jets i don't know if anybody cares yeah i feel like from the jets perspective it's going to be a lot of guys like obviously their division and then like teams that aaron has a history against you know like Mm -hmm. i don't know their schedule off the top of my head but like 
they I'm pretty sure they play a couple NFC North teams. So it's like, yeah, like that that makes sense. You know, them against the Vikings oh, yeah. or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But yeah, they'll they'll have a good amount for sure. I'm really curious what the scheduling release is gonna look like. I don't know how you top up last year. I don't know what yeah. you could do. I almost feel like it's just going to be a disappointment. But I, I mean that team, if anybody can do it, you know, and repeat, it would be them because they they crushed it last season. Yeah, definitely. Um I definitely one of the Chiefs games is is gonna be prime time. I mean, those yeah. those games do ridiculous ratings every single year. Mm-hmm. Um I mentioned the Ravens game. I would love for that to be uh, a prime time mm-hmm. game. You know, Sunday night, Monday night situation would be really cool. Um I think the Lions are incredibly fun, but I, I don't really think that will be one. Um if I had to like guess and and predict, I would say one of the Chiefs games. Mm-hmm. I would say Bills game. Yeah. Just like quarterback matchup and you know both teams were are are really good trying to be AFC contenders. Mm-hmm. Um I think there's a chance of one of the Broncos games ends up as a primetime game again. Oh yeah, cuz yeah. Sean Payton and all that. Yeah. Dynamic. Huh. Um I don't think there are a lot of people in the cuz I tweeted this question out yesterday. And a lot of people said the Dolphins. I just I don't think that game did super well last year, and so I, I would have a hard time with that one. I think like the marquee games for the Chargers are Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Cowboys. Like I think those are probably like the four biggest games for them. But those are all home games. I mean, you could do at Arrowhead, but um, their road games aren't necessarily like top notch from a prime time perspective. Yeah, like Titans, uh, Vikings, Packers are going to be bad this year. Yeah, I, I'd love to watch those games on prime time. And I, I, listen, I'd <laughs> love, I'd love to take like a not so great team on prime time, but hundred percent, hundred But yeah, not not the best away schedule for the Chargers in terms of prime time. Yeah, yeah. the The Jets are interesting because of Aaron, but I don't know if that's right. Like a prime time draw. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Um, all right, next question here from Jared. He says, with the lack of a blocking tight end, do you think Xander Horvath has a chance to take on a bigger role on offense? So this is this is something I'm very curious about with Kellen Moore because the Cowboys did not have a fullback like ever under Kellen Moore's when he was an offensive coordinator. You know, they would do a lot of H-back work with the tight ends. They would do the, the Hulk package with a six offensive lineman a good amount. Um, so he hasn't had a true fullback, you know, maybe that he gets some more running back touches. I don't necessarily know, but uh, very curious to see what Kellen Moore has in store for Xander uh, this year. Hmm. If people have asked this, like Xander would transition to an inline blocking tight end. And I don't, did he do that in, in college? He barely had blocking reps as a fullback period. Yeah. So I don't recall many, like even inline tight end reps. I'm sure I could look that up. But I think in college, he had less than 100, maybe fewer than 100 blocking snaps as a fullback. So in, in the run game. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm, no, he's not going to be their blocking tight end. He's, he's not going to be a new blocking tight end for them. I'll say that much. I think you could give him a bigger role for sure. I mean, he was injured for a little bit at the end of the season there. Um, he could do the H-back role for you, but um, I think he's probably more of a i would say there's a greater chance of him like catching more passes this year and totally. being a weapon than being like a blocking tight end and i don't think that's necessarily what jared was was specifically asking in, mm. in terms of the blocking but um i i do think that we'll see a bit more of xander this year than we did last year i mean he was very involved in like the first month of the season and then didn't do like anything <laughs> after that yeah i don't okay it wasn't pretty all the time. I understand that. But I think now in his second year and with you know some games under his belt, some touchdowns there as well, I don't see why his role wouldn't increase with this team. Yeah, they didn't add, well, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know. Um, I, it, yeah, it's, I know. Yes. I know. I got gotcha. Um, All right. Next one here from uh, Jacob uh, Finasso. I hope I'm saying that right. He pointed out that an anonymous executive on the athletics said Quentin Johnston is like a slightly smaller DK Metcalf. What do you make of that comparison? Okay, so this is I didn't watch DK Metcalf coming out of college, nor do I really ever watch Seahawks it was uh, it was like basically the exact same role as Jonathan Mingo, but bigger and faster. Oh. I mean that's that's kind of some Quentin Johnston, I guess. I don't know. I, I I really dislike these comparisons overall because the other ninety percent of the internet thinks he's Mike Williams. So, like, if, if <laughs> I'm, it feels like the DK Metcalf comparison is better than the Mike Williams one. But sure. I haven't watched DK, DK so I, I really couldn't answer this one. Yeah, I do think that uh, Quentin shows off. Uh, um, you know, I didn't grade DK, but I remember the whole thing about him was like he was stiff, not a great route runner. He's mostly like a go ball guy. And I think Quentin can do more than that. I think Quentin's a, a better route runner, I think, than he is given credit mm. for. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, we've seen some free agency questions. Marquise, uh, Joseph O position group, do you think the Chargers need to add before minicamp? Um, Nathan Rivera also asking about Leonard Floyd. Um so the Chargers roster currently stands at 88 players, which means, I mean, theoretically they could cut somebody, um, but they have two current openings. Um, we actually, 
shared a, a little bit of a potential free agency rumor uh, in the Discord yesterday. Um, but we talked also earlier this week about the safety position. I think for me, like from a depth perspective, I think offensive tackle is still something I would see like to be addressed. And I think safety mm-hmm. definitely something I would like to see addressed as well. Yeah. Same thoughts as, as we talked about before. Same thoughts as you. Safety, backup tackle, or, or some sort of swingish option that is like actually played t- tackle in the NFL before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, tackle, safety, blocking tight end, uh, any of that. Yeah. And as it pertains to Leonard Floyd, like, I think they're good at edge. Like I, I, I think like in their opinion, they're good at edge with Thule and, and Chris Rumpf. Um, I think Leonard Floyd probably still commands a, a pretty good size, like one year deal. A lot of people have pointed out that uh, their former, the Rams, former defensive coordinator uh, who was at the Broncos last year is currently with the Panthers. Panthers have a pretty big need at edge as well. So that's something that could happen for Leonard Floyd. Um, I think for him, like you're probably doing like a one year, $10 million deal kind of thing. And I just, I don't think the chargers could really make that work. And also at that point, like you're pushing Thule down the depth chart, which is really like how much of how much, how do you want to balance the whole like veteran thing and yeah. Thule's development? Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if De- Leonard Floyd would want to join the chargers. Well, no, you pay him $10 million. Maybe he'll consider that. And so sure. as a third string or third rusher on the team. Right. But I don't think that's what he'd be looking for. I'm not against it. You know, adding another edge rusher or bringing back Kyle Van Noy or whatever. I'm not opposed. If they want to find more ways to use the rest of their cap and add depth, I'm all for it. If that's edge rusher, cool. Um, I just don't know if if they would at this point. I think they invested too much in Thule. And I guess in, in some respects, Chris Rumpf and his his third year jump. Like he should be better than he was last year, which was better than what, his, what he was as a rookie. So I think they want to see what they have. Yeah, and the other side of that coin too, like you mentioned, Leonard Floyd would have to want to come sign for the Chargers, and right, like sure, like yeah, there's the Brandon Staley connection, but there's not a starting role. Like if he goes and signs with the Panthers, he's starting. Like he's he's gonna get those reps. So mm-hmm. that's the same conversation that people have had all the time with like the Jadavian, the Jadavian Clowney thing from the last couple of years. Is like, well, he's not gonna come be a backup behind Melvin Ingram and all those guys. Like you know. Mm-hmm. So that's that is something to consider. It's different with Kyle Van Noy because Kyle Van Noy knows that he would be coming in as like a rotational uh, chess piece as opposed to like a true edge two or, or linebacker one or whatever. Did Floyd ever play linebacker stuff for uh, Staley or just pure edge that year? I think just pure edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I remember him like dropping in coverage from time to time, but sure. not as like a, an off ball linebacker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They should add to the tight end room. I agree they should as well. <laughs> or Scott says we put Herbert at edge four. <laughs> when that when that shoulder heals up, we'll see. How long are his arms? I don't even know. That's a good question. Why don't we look that up on this Q&A Sunday? Herbert RAS. Can't imagine they're short. Let's see. Arm length, uh, almost 34 inches. So he does pass that threshold. Let me run him as a... Uh, nah, my, my computer's going to die if I try to use the RAS website. Uh, but yeah, it's rusher. really slow these days. It's it's rough. It's a great resource, except for the part where it kills my computer. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, <laughs> it's always funny to like look at him next to certain players and like really like because we know he's big, right? But like when you see him next to these other guys, it's like okay, Justin's really big. <laughs> he's a big dude. Uh, fitness asking, did you see the JC Jackson picture? I've missed a picture. If there was one, is this an Instagram thing? And is it a positive thing? (laughs) I saw there was a TMZ thing where he was like, I'm going to come back 110%, which I thought was cool. I didn't Mm -hmm. know where that was or what the circumstances were, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, JC's doing great. I think. Yeah. A lot of Mm -hmm. Trey McKitty questions. (laughs) I haven't gotten that far down yet. Uh, Jacob coming back again. Nas was the backup returner last year with Davis being mm. a, a tiny boy and susceptible to injury. Who is the backup? Um, let's see. Because Bryce Callahan was like their third returner, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was the third option. Jalen Guyton has done some work in the past, but he's coming off of an injury. I know Larry Roundtree was a kickoff returner. I would not advocate for doing that again. <laughs> um, um, who's the backup? I, I guess if it's kickoff returner, so your blockers, if they keep the same ones, are Xander and Kelly. Mm-hmm. So those are your, if they keep the same ones. So I think they're off the table. I pray it's not Roundtree, nor do I think they even gave him an option. No, not last year. That was obviously not a real Swinton. one. Um, I think Jasir Taylor did some return work in college, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Um, was Josh Palmer, no, Josh Palmer played a lot of Gunner his rookie year, yeah. but yeah. I don't think he was a returner. Yeah, I don't know. Pokey Williams in the practice squad. Anybody looked at Pokey Williams' uh, RAS? Is it so, bad? Uh, uh, yeah, it's not great. Uh, <laughs> let me see. I think it's a one-something kind of RAS. Um, Yikes. Yeah, not the not the best. I'm trying to think of who else it would be because they Telesco said that they were looking to add multiple bodies in there, but unless it's one of the undrafted free agents, and I think one of the running backs, one of the undrafted running backs, has some experience. I mean, they they should at least try Spiller because then you could justify him being active, like get him out there as a returner or something because you need him to be on the team. Trying to remember if I'm missing anybody. Um, has Kelly ever returned? I think kick returns, but again, he's he's a blocker. He's going to be a blocker for them unless they switch it up. Right, right, right. I'm just saying. I just wasn't sure if he had returned. Um, Tough question, Jacob. We weren't prepared for this one today. Yeah, I'll have to go back and, and look at this one. <laughs> I would imagine it's um, they'll do some kind of combination of of other players. You know, last year, like I didn't know that Bryce Callahan had ever returned punts, and then they threw him back there in, in training camp, and and I think yeah. in one of the preseason games, he was like warming up for it because DeAndre Carter was like had a hamstring injury or something like that, and wasn't like yeah, hundred percent. So we'll have to look into that one. Uh, Sims World wants to know what is one position battle y'all are looking forward to seeing unfold during training camp. I'm enough of a weirdo to say interior guard backup spot. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, we got Hymas, you have McFadden, you know, so I think yeah. it's a decent one. Uh, do they have a backup? Do they have an undrafted free agent guard? 
No, just the tackle, I think, with Melsop. Yeah. And he's playing tackle for them. Um, yeah. And then you have, if he plays... Zach Bailey would be like that. Right. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Um, I don't know, because like interior defensive lines either settled or injured. I guess safety, because I don't know who Derwin James' official running mate is. And there's yeah. three different guys that they could use for different reasons. Although Raheem Lane, I think, is Derwin James' backup, like, period right now because he's more of like the strong safety type so it's really between gilman and, and woods but that's a big one you have the the sixth rounder with limited ish athletic ability that they have never really wanted to put out there he's the most scheme sound versus the guy with all the upside that they drafted in the third round that is not scheme sound right now so yeah that'd be a big one yeah i'm uh i'm curious about linebacker like i think they're gonna give kenneth murray the opportunity right but like if Deion henley is just like you know, you have to play this guy right away. I'm curious how that unfolds. Um, you talked about safety, and we talked a little bit about the wide receiver three spot. Mm. I want to be two. I don't think that's going to be a battle. Um, I think Stick has that in the bag, but uh, I want to see how the Asante Samuel Jr. and Jasir Taylor thing unfolds mm. in camp because. Mm-hmm. You know, they they didn't they have not really moved Asante around a ton. Like that first week when he was a rookie, he played a little bit in the slot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm very curious about that one. You know, that that's that's a that's a spot that I think has uh gone a little bit under the radar in terms of like a, a battle that needs to be watched. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be some good ones this year. What was last year's big battle? That tackle, I guess, right? But that's yeah, that's that was, clearly solved now. That was the most notable one. That was horrendous. That was so bad to watch. It made me appreciate Micah Parsons so much. After the fourth sack he had, I was like, yeah, he's pretty good. Um, <laughs> and I was horrified for our offensive line. That's where that's yeah. where I basically gave up because the, Lawrence and Parsons were killing Pipkins and Norton. And yeah. um, again, lo and behold, Pipkins is a really good tackle. Came a long way. Apparently, uh, fitness meant Justin Jackson, not JC Jackson. Hmm. Uh, he's welcome back uh, again. Some people said that he was unrosterable last year, and I'm pretty sure at, at some point, after watching some of those snaps from some players, he felt very rosterable at that time. Yeah, uh, we were also told from the certain previous special teams coordinator that he didn't provide enough special teams value, and then he went and averaged like 27 yards per kickoff return for the Lions last year. Oh, did he? I didn't know that part. That's yeah. great. That's even more fun. Nice. Right? <laughs> cool. Micah Pittman yeah nice let's go I gotta go look at that who's that I'll look at that later uh Michael Pittman's younger brother I think oh oh okay because his dad is Micah dominant idiot um cool we got Bronnie Will, uh, Bronnie James, Bronnie Williams, Kelly Williams, Bronnie James. <laughs> now USC's had a good uh, has had a good time. Yeah, not bad. Uh, LDE Bruin, yeah, Steven Anderson could, is more than welcome back, but that's not who they're interested in. Yeah, that's huge because Utah's wide receiver room is trash. <laughs> so, who's the big? Uh, European tight end dude that you guys have or whatever. Oh, he's Australian. His name's Thomas Yasmin. Uh, he's gonna be a lot of fun this year, man. Like, 
I mean, he was stuck behind Dalton and Brand Keithy and, and was not playing a whole lot. Like he was on the fence about even playing last season because he's uh, he used to be a professional rugby player in Australia. And uh, he already had his college degree and he was kind of sick of like not playing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And then obviously everybody kind of got injured and he had like 600 yards and six touchdowns in like the last four games of the season. So, yeah, um, you know, that's a that's a draft sleeper to keep an eye on. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they'll, they'll use Grant Keithy a lot. But Thomas Yasmin is is a big yards after catch guy, you know, physical blocker type. So he's somebody people should keep an eye on. Mm hmm. All right, before I, I just got to address Brandon's question about favorite Pokemon <laughs> game. Uh, if we're talking about like the series, not like Pokemon Stadium or whatever, um, Pokemon Crystal Clear has been a ton of fun. That's like a, a hack where you get to play a completely different, like all 16 gyms version um, where you can start wherever you want, move wherever you want. That's fun. Um, obviously, Soul Silver, Heart Gold's amazing. Emerald. Um, I've really come to like Pokemon Black or White too. That's a lot of fun. Um, and really, any Nuzlocke. Uh, from there so yeah there's there's the pokemon question of the day yeah uh don't play not a big right, well- uh... <laughs> 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 i uh i generally do not play a lot of video games i uh I, when i was in high school i would play like you know my friends and i would do like madden tournaments madden. or like mm-hmm. gay tournaments or you know we would play like uh call of duty zombies for me it was always more of like a social thing like i'll, I'll go hang out with my friends and do it but Mm-hmm. nowadays it's like I, I don't play video games on my own like I, that's just not my thing yeah as soon as when i was 16 i got a job and as soon as that hit it was like okay video games are basically over at that point um so I, occasionally i'll run through like a, a nuzlocke on you know pokemon or whatever on my phone because i can play it on my phone uh, but that's it i don't have a single console in my apartment or anything um so yeah sorry Okay, can continue to hijack the show. Uh, ET44A, favorite Pokemon starter? Um, geez, Louise. Okay, so disclosure, I haven't played past, past Black 2, White 2, whatever. So I don't know about the new guys. Um, Totodile was my favorite for a while because of the cartoon. I thought he was just a complete chaos monster. And he was fun. Um, I tend to like the water starters. I think overall Mudkip's my favorite because that's when they kind of got that water ground eventually when he evolved to swampert that water ground dual typing so yeah that one all right that's that's the end of the pokemon i promise <laughs> unless you pay for a question in which case i'll keep going but uh, yeah that's it for no, that's okay it's all good there was a uh, somebody i think it was uh james or kareem i can't remember uh, asked about camping like much earlier uh-huh. I, I i hate camping and i refuse to go camping so really yeah i hate camping why I think it's boring. Like, I don't want to go, like, be in the wilderness for, you know, an extended amount of time. Like, I would rather just, like, go to the beach and go be, go in a hotel. Dang. Um, I, I, like, I don't, I haven't camped for a while. I literally have no time. But yeah. uh, I, I do, I do like camping. I grew up camping quite a bit. And, like, camping, you know, not glamping. No. Um, my mom loves glamping. Right if you're going to do glamping, you might as well just go to a hotel. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, the, oh, you know, every year, like, we get the, my mom gets this, or my parents get this really nice cabin or something. So I, I've mostly glamped at this point. Oh, um, cabins are fine. Cabins are cool. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, if, you, if you're asking me if I, if I will go to a cabin and go to a lake, yeah, 100%. But if you're just like, oh, go camping in the mountains, like, no, not doing that. 
yeah fitness doesn't offer uh come camping with me we can cuddle and spoon um can i bring my dog at least <laughs> uh yeah funny 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 all right we'll get to some other back to some other questions here uh casey uh boyette boyette i don't know uh, i'm sorry if i apologize for that um he says with more as the oc and what appears to be a solid o-line where do the chargers finish in total rushing at year's end I feel like overall, somewhere in the middle in terms of efficiency, probably in the top 10 if everyone's healthy. Yeah. Um, but that's again, that's not going to be the focus. So I think they'll be more efficient. I think they'll be better. Uh, I think the numbers should be better overall. Um, but now that I don't think they're going to be like in the top 10, and that's fine. I just want them to be not 29th. We're back yeah, to special teams expectations. <laughs> We're back to the special teams. Yeah, yeah. In terms of total yards, like I, I this is Justin Herbert's team. I mean, they just drafted a receiver in the first round. Like it's, they're not going to be, you know, a, a top five in total yards rushing, but you know, in, uh, in terms of like EPA per play and DVOA, like in 2021, they were, I think 12th and 14th in those metrics. Like that would be an amazing outcome for the Chargers If, if Kellen Moore can get them back to, you know, hovering around top 10 efficiency, like that would be fantastic. Yep. Um, <laughs> Alex in the chat, I heard the Sixers won, so congrats. Um, he says, would you rather have three QBs on the roster and never eat pizza again or roster four running backs and you can never sneeze into your elbow in public? Okay, I'm slightly uh, <laughs> rearranging everything in my head here. I want the option where I get to sneeze into my elbow because, I mean, literally the last show, <laughs> I was on a couple of Benadryl trying to get through it. Um, so I need to be able to sneeze. Pizza? I can avoid pizza. That's fine. There's plenty of other options out there, um, but I need to be able to sneeze into my elbow. I'm I'm taking the pizza, man. I love pizza. I I cannot live without pizza. So that's that's my choice. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> well, we'll, All right, we'll, so we'll never mind. Continue. <laughs> I was going to say we'll do uh, some more questions here on a on a rapid fire setting, maybe. So if you haven't asked a question yet, uh, feel free and do so. Uh, Scott wants to know over under. Three and a half sacks for Thule in 2023. Ooh. That's okay, a good let me, line. Let me That's check Chris Rump's. It wasn't three and a half. <laughs> no. Um, okay. Are we counting this as pro football focus where they do count half ones? Because that, that kind of changes things a bit here. You know, there's no... Sorry, they don't count half ones. but They, they count do. Full if you ones. have a half, they count it as a full, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rumpf had two last year, which might be one and a half. Um, geez, Louise, let's go over. Let's go over because you can also rush him standing up. So maybe he gets some action there. Um, yeah, let's go over. What would we? What would we classify like best case scenario for Thule if Mac and Bosa are like relatively healthy this year? Mm. Best case. In terms of sacks or just yeah, because Kyle I, Van Noy, I, I mean Kyle like Van Noy had what six last year? I feel like he had six in like the final five games practically. I'll look it up. Yeah, but he went a long time without a sack. <laughs> right. So okay, so he actually ended up with five, but it was five to close out the season, yeah. um, and then I think one in um, in Jacksonville, or at least the pass breakup for a pick. So I did like six as a best case scenario, but yeah. it's just like 
that's six plays, you know, and maybe they're huge plays. I would look for more like, I'd love to see like 30 pressures as a best case scenario, which would be amazing. Like having, having yeah. two ish pressures a game from him, uh, run stop here and there. If everybody's healthy would be great. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm going to take the over. I think if you asked me if this were like four and a half, I would probably be a little bit more hesitant there. Um, Randon Arias favorite zombie map. Uh, I love the Alcatraz option. Um, that was a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, I forget the one where you have to like hop on the bus and move around. I don't know. I, I haven't played it in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many receivers do you see the Chargers carrying this year? I think it's going to be six. I think, I think Jalen Guyton is too important to not mm-hmm. make the roster. Yeah, they might do some weird switcheroo where a guy like goes on an IR or something, but otherwise it, it should be six. I don't see anyone else on the undrafted free agent list pushing them, but I think it's six. And I mean, I guess heck, like they did keep Keelan Doss. They do have the other guy. Um, who's the faster guy? Hightower. Um, so maybe like if so, if yeah, Guyton's not already one of those guys could jump in, but I think it'll be six and they should. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, unless. Jalen Guyton is just like not healthy. I think he makes right. the roster. Yeah, I agree. And as LD Bruin points out, Herbert loves Guyton as well. So that's it's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why he was uh, brought back. All right, guys, a couple more questions here. So uh, go ahead and fire away. I'm officially caught up with the chat now. So uh, all right, who's starting more games, Murray or Henley? That's a tougher one. That is starts a the one. season. I'm still going to say Murray for now. I, I would say Murray. It depends on the health, right? Because, but he, yeah. he like rebounds really well from his injuries, even just like mid game. Um, I'll say, I'll say Murray though. I think they're going to, even if they do a transition at the, at the end of the year, I think it's still like, that's enough games that Murray has played. We, we haven't seen Henley play in the NFL. So we have no idea what he's going to look like. It could be worse. Yes. So, yeah, I think Henley probably needs an injury in front of him to be more here. Thank you, Fitness, uh, for the dollar super chat. I'm, I'm not actually going to cuddle with you, but I appreciate that dollar. <laughs> Two dollars. Trying to make sure I didn't miss any questions. Uh, Rodrigo wants to know Mexican food or, or Korean barbecue? Uh, Mexican food. I agree. I think a Korean barbecue is really good. Don't get me wrong. And shout out to whoever was the amazing soul who gave Arjun and I Korean barbecue for free at the uh, at the Rams game on New Year's. I appreciate you. Nice, but not Mexican food. I think it's just it's more varied. Like you know, maybe one dish to another equal, but Mexican food I think is just is more varied and, and better overall. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anybody listening in the Central Valley have any Korean barbecue recommendations for the Central Valley? Uh, let me know. Follow-up question. Is there any good Korean barbecue in the Central Valley? How many Koreans are in the Central Valley is my next question. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I have not found a good Korean barbecue place here in Fresno, though. But I've only lived here for four years, so. Hmm. Lots of good Mexican places, though. I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, More tackles. Kendricks or Derwin? I'll say Kendricks. I would also say Kendricks. He's been so consistent with his health overall, too. And that's like if he weren't last year, maybe. But I think Kendricks. I do want Brandon or not Brandon Silly, Derwin James to have that like 
return to rookie season where he just was like, it's so weird because Derwin James is so good, does so many things, and yet like there was just nothing like that rookie season. Maybe it's because it was a surprise, but I would want to see like more games like that every week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he's not asked to be like linebacker one, safety one, slot corner one, edge rusher three, like you know. Yeah, nice. He might have to with this safety room. <laughs> True. Joshua S says nothing like Bakersfield sushi. I, I can't say I, I'd want to go eat sushi in Bakersfield. I like I'm very picky about sushi in the first place. And uh, if you're not like literally right on the beach, I will not eat sushi from your restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back when my fiance lived in Orange, we used to go to somewhere in Orange to eat sushi. It wasn't bad. It, it's close enough. But yeah, um, you know, the best sushi I've ever had is at Nobu. And that is right next to the water. Um, delicious stuff. When I lived in Utah, my my college friends were always like, oh, let's go get sushi. And I'm like, we're like 12 hours away from the ocean. Why do I, why do I want to get sushi when we're in the mountains? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Good salmon sushi, maybe. You know, something yeah. something from the river. Is that where you get salmon? Yeah, salmon <laughs> at the river. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Mountains, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, Christoph, more primetime games. Jets, Jags, or Bolts? I think it's going to be the Jets, man. I think, you know, New York market. Aaron Rodgers coming in. I think the Jets are going to get the maximum amount of primetime games. Really? I guess yeah. it is New York, but like, and it's Aaron, man. Like, this has been like the biggest story of the offseason. Like, they're going to pepper them with primetime games. I'll go Chargers for this one. I, I think the Jets. Well, I don't. I, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers to Randall Cobb. I guess. I mean, Randall Cobb's like their sixth receiver, though. That's a joke. I, I think let's say it's a tie. <laughs> I'll settle it tied. Yeah, I do think the Jaguars are definitely getting more. I think last year they only had one, so I think the Jags probably get three or four this year. Yeah, well, they they really did a good job the last time they're on prime time. All right, uh, Bolt Boy Tommy, when will we hear any Eckler news? I don't think you're going to. I think he's going to be on the Chargers. I think. They might come to some agreement in training camp to like give him some more guaranteed money. Uh, but at this point in time, I'd be very shocked if they traded him. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, they, they didn't even add a running back, you know, it's yeah. not like they find like a sixth round guy right. and then you could convince yourself again. I guess they could just trade him and add Zeke, but yeah, I think Eckler's here to stay. And again, I think they're going to give him a billion touches, let his legs fall off and then he'll leave. I think that's just, I mean, that's kind of kind of what they've been doing. So I think they're just going to use him until someone else steps up behind him, which we don't know. And I think they're just going to get rid of him next year. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's very likely. Uh, GTR, man, is Herbert on your podcast a possibility? Hey, man, I didn't think we'd be interviewing Tom Telesco. So, you know, maybe. Uh, but we also know that Justin Herbert hates going on media appearances. So we'll see. Yeah, I... I it's not impossible, right? Because we literally just interviewed Tom Telesco, uh, <laughs> which I didn't expect at all. Definitely not. So I, I guess it is not impossible, but I also don't want to like, I don't want to ask him. Like, I know he doesn't like doing this, so I wouldn't want to bug him. Um, he'd be good to talk to. I would just ask him like biology questions or something. 
He like, probably would love that though. Like that's probably what he wants to be asked about. Yeah, it's like, what's a mitochondria, Justin? What is that? What does it do? Let's see if you really earn that four point zero one. Yeah, isn't that like one of the things that you like like most cover in basic biology though? Oh yeah, well that's like yeah, what's mitochondria? The powerhouse, the cell. <laughs> like, right, that's, right. That's kind of the running joke, but right. you know we we gotta start somewhere. So yeah, uh, appreciate Tyler's dad in the in the chat. Super sticker. You can ask a question, Dad. I, I will respond, even if it's about the Raiders. Um, all right, couple other questions. If there are anyone, <laughs> oh sorry, find one. Which one did you post? Oh, sorry. Someone is asking, like, who are we interviewing first? Um, I don't know. It seems like we're gonna get to everybody. Uh, it just it's, it, people are traveling right now, so yeah. it's kind of just in some order. We'll circle on and get to people, but so let's go on Tuesday. So, I don't, again, I don't know how we did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's happening on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, we're, they're working on a, a one of the draft prospects, but everybody's like Tyler said is traveling to LA this week, so. Rookie minicamp is this week for the Chargers, so you know, mm-hmm. hopefully we get some good takeaways there. Um, Joshua S., can we sign Kareem Hunt? Uh, he does not pass the character metrics at all. Can you? Yes. Will you? No. Yeah. Dad, will the Chargers sweep the Raiders? Yes. All right. There you go. I was going to say no. <laughs> well, I said that. I think I've said the last two years, and then they've, they've ripped my heart out twice. So... Uh, but I'll I'll say that yes this year. Their roster is not very good, so they should sweep them. But said that week eighteen, <laughs> said that last year. Um, yeah, definitely. Somebody I'm... said we should ask her if he's dating anyone. Uh, no. Yeah, pass. I, I won't ask him if he lifts. Oh, Tyler's got a big week outside of the podcast too. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? Oh, yeah. My mom's asking who's going tuck shopping this week. Yes, I am going tuck shopping this week, uh, doing the marriage thing in about two months and have that mostly uh, all settled. So it's getting here, you know. Yeah. I mean, we've been dating since 2015 and and here we are. Now we're getting married in 2023. <laughs> Thanks, Christian. What a nice way to end the podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the super chat. <laughs> what are we doing when we finish last in the West? Um, they're not. I mean, come on. Like, let's be real. Let's be real about where the Broncos and Raiders are at. I don't think they're finishing last. I don't think it's impossible that the Broncos would finish ahead of the Chargers. I'm not pick like I'll say it right now. I'm not picking the Chargers to beat the Chiefs this year in the AFC West. Sorry. I, I keep falling for that. Mm. Trust me, I-, I I believe in the Chargers. I want them to so bad. And every stinking year, no matter who this team is, it's always the Chiefs. So I'm just apologizing ahead of time, unless Mahomes decides to move to Thailand and and hit up wherever um, <laughs> what's his face went. Then I think that I think the Chargers are going to finish behind the Chiefs, and that's hey, okay. He's, he's the USC offensive coordinator now. Oh yeah. Oh man. Um, but they're not finishing last. I think the Chargers are firmly in that wild card picture. 
um, you know, along with like the Dolphins and um, the Jets, the Patriots, the Steelers. I mean, the AFC wildcard picture this year is going to be crazy, mm-hmm. man. Like we know this, like everybody just kind of assumes that it's going to be certain teams, right? But like yeah. every year the Steelers and the Patriots make it interesting. And I know that the Patriots have kind of an underwhelming offense, but if you go look at that defense's defensive depth chart, man, they got a lot of studs on that side of the ball. And Bill Belichick is, you know, one of the best in the business, obviously, for a reason. So yeah. um, there's going to be two, three really good teams in the AFC that do not make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, obviously we hope it's it's not the Chargers. So AFC is going to be a bloodbath this year. Yeah, it really will be. And I, I'm very curious to see what the Patriots do this year because they've certainly built themselves a team mostly overall. Um, geez, Christian Gonzalez, Keon White, Marte Mapu, um, I don't know the other guys, but still, like Christian Gonzalez at 17 is still one of the biggest question marks that That's, I can think it's of. Still crazy, man. I still but, can't believe that happened. No, I, I have no reason to consider him a character thing or whatever. Uh, that one surprised me. Um, but again, like, you know, if the Lions want a running back, the Lions want a running back and, and a linebacker. So, more power to him, I guess. It happens, I suppose. I mean, Derwin didn't Derwin fall to seventeen? Yeah, but that was also like medical. I mean, safety yeah. was not super valuable at that point in time. A guy like Christian Gonzalez falling to seventeen is is unheard of. You know, a, a top two consensus corner going to seventeen is is pretty rare. Yeah. Um, circling back here uh, as well, uh, Scott said the expectations should be second. I agree with that. I think that is is definitely a fair way of, of phrasing things. Yeah, expectations should be second. They need to win at least one game in the postseason to keep this regime together. Um, a bold prediction for this upcoming season in terms of like player-wise, he's gotten a ton of hate, but I think Joey Bosa sets a career record for sacks this year. Ooh. I don't hate that. Um, I think hmm. that would be have to be like 13 at least, if I'm not mistaken. It's definitely not a big number. He's always been more an efficiency guy than a big sack number guy. Let me yeah. see. What is, what is Joey Bosa's uh, totals? I think you're right, though. I think 13 and a half or 12 and a half was his max. Uh, let me see. 12, 13 in 2017. It's been that long. So, okay, so he would have to get at least 13 and a half then, but... Um, I know that everybody's extremely low on him and I understand like the season did not end great for him, but, uh, I think Joey with this defensive line is going to get a lot of one-on-ones. And I think we've seen this pattern from him where he like, he alternates years where he's going to be healthy. Um, so I think he's going to play 15, 16 games this year. And I think he's going to get 14, 15 sacks this year. Um, I think if we're, if it's anything like what we saw to end the season and with a better offensive coordinator, I think Keenan Allen's going to push for all pro this year. Yeah. I like that one too. I like that one too. Um, I uh, like fantasy wise. I saw this, but he's like 50 uh, going in like 50 sixties on underdog fantasy right now. I'm like, you guys are crazy, man. <laughs> Keenan Allen is going to get more vertical, more vertical routes this year. He's still Justin Herbert's guy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and if he's, if he plays, the majority of the season, which same kind of thing with, with him, you know, we've seen that he's, he kind of struggled with injuries in 2020 and then 2021, he played all, he played every game except for one because of COVID. 
mm-hmm. this year he'll play 16, 17 games again. He's going to put up some numbers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Chris says 13 sacks and zero slammed helmets. That's the goal for Joey Bosa this year. Yeah. Again, not defending that behavior at all. Joey definitely messed up in that instance, but uh, he's still a dude on the defense, man. Like his his film in 2021, even though he didn't like put up elite sack numbers, was so good. And, uh, you know, getting a full season with Khalil and Morgan Fox and all these guys is going to be great for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a good place to uh, stop for today. So appreciate all the questions today. You guys had some great ones, some great conversations. Um, a lot of people in the chat today, which was uh, good to see as well. So uh, like I said earlier, make sure and stay tuned on Tuesday for our interview with Tom Telesco. Uh, Thursday, we'll be going live to break down every little uh, nook and cranny of the Chargers schedule release and, and maybe do some uh predictions for for win loss total we'll see you know how we're feeling that day but uh should be a fun week and then we get rookie mini camp as well so um the dead season has not hit us yet there's still there's still some good content to come so hopefully you guys are tuning in uh down the road so uh tyler appreciate it appreciate your time thank you everybody for tuning in that's gonna do it for us we'll see you next time